Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our reading today is from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. When you have come into the land the Lord your God is giving to you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first fruit of the ground, which you harvest from the land the Lord your God is giving to you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God, I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give to us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, We cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice, saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. He brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground to you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, you shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. This is the word of God for the people of God. Prayer is an important thing. And there's a prayer that many people say in the morning that helps start the day. Dear Lord, so far I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent, and I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed, and from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. The first things matter. As a new parent, I remember going to the pediatrician with Davis and the pediatrician remarking to us that our three-month-old was cooing on a six-month-old level. And I thought, man, we are doing something right. Those first milestones along the way set the tone for the rest of our lives or the rest of our days or the rest of our experience. There's another more serious prayer in the Jewish tradition called the Moda Ani, which says this, I offer thanks to you, O living and everlasting King, for having restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. Many of our Jewish brothers and sisters make that their opening prayer. I offer thanks to you, O living and everlasting King, for having restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. The first conscious act of the day, then, is to remind ourselves that we are indebted to God, our Creator. 
And as soon as we wake from sleep before getting out of bed or even washing our hands or our face, that moda ani is recited, acknowledging that it is God who grants life and being in every moment of our existence. So as we approach those first milestones in the book of Deuteronomy, in the reminiscent and reminding way that God gives us to talk about what God is doing, we bring it into conversation on this first Sunday in Lent, and surprisingly enough, as we talk about what we're giving up for Lent, Deuteronomy 26 does not talk about giving anything up, which is good news if you gave up something like sweets and you're harassed by, I mean, encouraged to buy Girl Scout cookies in front of the Kroger every Saturday on your way to buy milk. Moses is preaching, maybe meddling in Deuteronomy, because he is talking to people on the verge of the promised land. And he's given instructions on what to do when you get there. Take some of the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land your God is giving you. Place it in a basket and go to the place that your God will choose as a dwelling place for the divine name. In other words, at the change of seasons, at the start of a new day, at the dawn of marking time, at the time of festival or celebration, make remembering God your priority. Make remembering God your priority. And so we, as continuation of the story, enact this when we give our offering. Scripture calls it a tenth, a tithe, that is a 10% of a first fruits, that first offering that you give. And it often sounds like one of these verses that you'd hear in the fall as we launch our stewardship campaign, as we sharing as we are sharing in the harvest and the work, moving us ever closer to Commitment Sunday as we fill out our pledge cards with our tithes, our 10% giving, and then our offerings are over and above. But Deuteronomy is not just talking about giving of gifts. Deuteronomy is talking about giving of selves. Because we're not talking about our calls for money to fund programs and ministries of the church alone. But as the first hearers of Deuteronomy were called to place their first fruits at the feet of the priests. They were also supposed to do so while telling the story of God's saving love. This is an early creed, much like we would say the affirmation of faith. This is what God has done for us as God's people from the beginning of time. It may sound like something that you just say, that you become comfortable with, that you become familiar with, but it's a different sort of remembering. Say these words, a wandering Armenian was my ancestor. He went down in Egypt and lived there as an immigrant. There were few in number, but there became a great nation, mighty and populous. That word wandering is often translated not just as wandering, journeying, but often as perishing. What would it mean to recount our story, not just as people who wander, who journey, but as people who are on the verge of perishing? I imagine in the Hebrew, as it carries on more meaning, 
that perishing was heard at certain times and that wandering was heard at certain times because we can mark ourselves along the path on the way. We know when we are wandering lost and we know when we feel like we are perishing. The story goes on. The Egyptians treated us harshly and inflicted us by imposing hard labor on us. And we cried to Yahweh, you heard our voice. You brought us out of the land of Egypt. And then, together with the landless priests among you, with the sojourners and the immigrants and the aliens, God resides with us. And in telling our story and giving our gifts, as we get into the rhythm of giving our offerings, we are giving ourselves because we are reminded that God has brought us along the way. And that invitation to the first fruits is an invitation for us to set ourselves apart differently, to mark our times differently. David Dark, who wrote a couple books that are favorites of mine, The Gospel According to America and The Gospel According to the Simpsons. I'll let you decide which one's my favorite. Uh, He says, what are your first fruits? He says, show me your receipts. Show me where you spend your time and show me where you spend your emotional energy and I will show you where your God is. And that's a harsh word. It's almost a prophetic word. Show me where your money goes. Show me where your time goes. Show me where your emotional energy goes and I will show you where your gods are. I only watched three minutes of the Duke UNC game last night, just so you know that I'm coming to you as a humbled man this morning, because I know where the temptations lie. I know that we emotionally invest ourselves, we financially invest ourselves, we invest our time in things that are good, but they may not be godly. There's nothing wrong with things that are good, but if we are not pursuing that which is godly, then we are not just only forgetting to give to God what is God's. We are forgetting who we are and whose we are. Giving God our first thoughts in the morning. Giving God our first gifts from our resources. Giving God our first emotions. Invite us to remember who brought us out word from Deuteronomy instructs us, it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance that you will possess and settle it, and you shall take from the first fruits of the land and place them in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to rest his name. You shall come in those days, and you shall say to him, I proclaim today to the Lord that I have come into the land which God has promised us. There are two ways that the traditional Jewish brothers and sisters emphasize this. One is on the first ripened fruits and the farmer, the one who has worked and toiled over the gift. For those who have wandered in the time of Babylon. But then it also rests with us on the words, when you have settled in the land. In other words, there are those of us who are not here because we have toiled and worked and labored. We've come into it as our own. Jesus tells a parable in the vineyard that helps illustrate this. When Jesus tells a story about a vineyard owner who goes out into the marketplace to find laborers for the vineyard, he chooses the people who are there early at five in the morning, brings them out and works. The owner goes back out at nine, finds more people to come out and work. The 
owner goes back out at noon and finds more people to come and work. The owner finds, goes back out at five and finds more people to work. And when it comes time to settle the debts at the end of the day, he pays every person the full day's wage. And as you can imagine, those who got there at five in the morning, who showed up, who worked hard, are incensed that they would get the same amount as those who showed up late in the day. And Jesus says, is it not a fair wage for you? Why do you get so upset that someone who has discovered the gift so late receives the same? It could be said for us in our Christian faith as well. Why do we get so upset when we see others who are newcomers, who are outsiders, who have come to this thing that we have invested in so late in life? Why does it upset us so much? Because we are the ones who have paved the way. We are the ones who have emotionally invested. We are the ones who have scrimped and saved and given God our first fruits. How dare someone receive the same grace as me? And God invites us again to remember the story, to remember our morning prayer. I offer thanks to you, O living and everlasting King, for having restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. We did not get here on our own. And perhaps that's the best lesson for us as followers of Christ. Because there's temptation to think that we get there on our own. There's always the way that we can trick ourselves into thinking that somehow we've earned our way. It's particularly true when you start planning family vacations or vacations in general, time away that you have earned, you saved, that you've deserved. I remember very vividly the time that we went out to the Grand Canyon in Arizona in the Pena Desert. Uh, it was probably, I think, summer before my sixth grade year. And it was something that we'd build up. My parents, who made me read and learn about where I was going, which I'm grateful for, uh, when we got there, it was going to be a time full of retreats, full of learning, full of eating nothing but Tex-Mex food and making the car smell horrible throughout the rest of the trip. We were so excited. And so we get in to the Phoenix, Arizona. Our flight gets in, and we go to the rent-a-car place, and they have the reservation, but they lost the car. And so we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and I've never seen my dad, who's also a minister, get so upset. He didn't know, I guess, that people in Phoenix really knew that he was a minister, so it gave him a little bit more liberty, perhaps, uh, to react. Um, so we sat and waited and waited for the car to come around. They said, Mr. Martin, we have your car ready for you, and they pulled around a purple Cadillac. And we waited until they got us a new car because uh, my dad said, I did not fly the family out here to drive around in a purple Cadillac. So we're hungry. We're tired. It's probably about midnight where we come from. And wouldn't you know it, a thunderstorm starts to roll off into the distance. And so our plan of eating Tex-Mex and resting comfortably was thrown out the window because we needed to get food in our systems or else we were going to be eating each other. Metaphorically, literally, I'll let you decide. So we pull into the first restaurant that we saw, Burger King, which is a family favorite growing up, thinking, here we go, comfort food on the road. My brother, Matt, who was in kindergarten at the time, was in charge of finding us a place to sit while we ordered our food. There was no one in this restaurant. 
except for one man sitting in the corner who probably had about seven bags with him, who was sitting alone and who you could smell from across the restaurant. And of course, my brother Matt went and sat right next to him and started talking to him, tugging on his beard, and this man, as nice as he could be, started talking back, and we went and sat next to him in Burger King in Phoenix, Arizona. And it got down to the time, where are you from, what are you doing out here, talking about family vacation at the time, we lived in Pooler, Georgia, and for those of you not familiar with Southwest Georgia, it's right at 16 and 95. And so we talked about being close to Metter and Guido's Garden and how this man had spent time under the bridge at the exit by where our house was. And all of a sudden, all of our plans, all of our ambitions for this week away to see God's wonder and majesty and beauty was put into perspective as we noticed him fashioning fabric crosses with a plastic background and colors of yarn. He would set outside of grocery stores, of Walmarts, as the managers would allow him, and sell these crosses as his means of living. I was only 10 years old but I learned what humility was. And I learned what it meant to not have God as a priority in your life, to think that you've made your way, and to be confronted with the reality that God is the one who brought us into this land. Most, not all, but most of our disposable souvenir income went to purchasing these felt and yarn crosses that we as a family made a commitment to carry with us as a reminder that we did not get here on our own. What is it that you carry? What is the memory and the hope that you have that reminds you that you did not get here on your own? What is the prayer that you pray? What is the gift that you give? What is the sacrifice that we make to remind us that we did not come into this land on our own? Before you can walk, you have to crawl. Before you can talk, you have to mumble. Maybe even coo at a six-month-old level, at a three-month-old level. Wherever you find yourself, God is there waiting to receive our gifts when we make God our priority and when we remember that it is God who brought us into this land. As we journey through this life together, we do so knowing that there is turmoil and conflict and tension but we all know this truth, that it is God, our Lord God, who has brought us into this land, has made this promise with us that we will never be forsaken, that we will never be abandoned, and that we will never be alone. Maybe it's time to start over, to learn how to talk, to learn how to crawl, to start with the basics as we hear God's word for us that we are never alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you go out into this world, do so giving thanks to God that whether we stumble or whether we succeed, God is with us on the path. 
bringing us into the land that he has promised, giving us every good and perfect gift. And go with this blessing. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.